Welcome back, everybody. Another week of Taurus Tech Talk here at the FG Taurus Company. I'm your host, Matt LePan. Coming to you, as always, from our Wilmington branch here in Wilmington, Massachusetts. And I'm joined by our senior technical representative, Phil Valpy. Phil, thank you for coming back on. Thank you for all the tech talks you've already given out. I know a lot of people have learned a lot listening to these. We try. Today, we're going to talk about working with electronic expansion valves, something that's become more and more prevalent with everyone's work, really, throughout the area. And so, can you just take some of the guys through what they're going to need to do to work with these valves? Sure. First of all, I'll say that probably 10, 15 years ago, metering devices were fixed orifice, and they limited our efficiency on the unit. So what we finally had the factories do was put in electronic expansion valves that meter the refrigerant to give us more precise cooling. Now, an electronic expansion valve is basically a motor driving a pin into a seat that opens and closes the amount of refrigerant going into the evaporator. So the electronic expansion valves we use have a 500 step motor. Now this motor looks like a magnetic coil. It's a little bigger than a silver dollar, a little thicker than maybe three quarters of an inch. And it sits on top of a stainless steel pin. Inside the pin is the armature of the motor. We open and close it magnetically. The wires that go to the expansion valve are usually orange, red, yellow, black, blue, or white. There can be five or six wires going to it. A motor works by sending a north or south pole magnetic field to the armature and turning it one way or the other. So these expansion valves have a common wire that on the five wire valves is gray and on the six wire valve it is brown and red. We send power to the valve and it is usually a lower voltage than 24 volts that magnetizes the armature to go either left or right. When the armature goes in one direction, i.e. clockwise, it will close the valve. If it goes counterclockwise, it will open the valve. So they pulse the voltage to this little donut-like motor and open and close the valve. The valve will open and close up to 500 steps. So at zero steps, it will be closed. At 500, it will be open. In normal operation, the valve is sitting between 150 and 300 steps open. Now, how does it know where to go for steps? Well, all electronic expansion valves must measure the temperature of the coil. And what they're measuring is the temperature of the refrigerant coming into the coil, i.e. around 40 degrees, and the temperature leaving the coil, i.e. maybe around 50 degrees. We measure the temperature across the coil to find superheat. The superheat is what determines how far open or closed the valve is. Target, in general, is around 10 degrees of superheat. That 10 degrees will be determined by a sensor put onto the incoming line to the coil and the outgoing line from the coil. We would call the outgoing line the suction line and the incoming line the liquid side or the saturated gas side. We're aiming for 10 degrees. So at 10 degrees, the valve will stop where it is and try to maintain its opening. If the valve sees the temperature get higher, maybe 15 degrees of superheat, 
it says, ooh, I don't have enough refrigerant, open farther. So the valve will magnetically open until it drops the temperature from 15 down to 10. If the valve is seeing low superheat, two, three, four, five degrees, it says, I have way too much refrigerant in the coil. I'm starving. Let's crank it down and put less refrigerant to the coil to raise it up to 10 degrees. So the job of the expansion valve is just to open and close, and its driver is what is the superheat measured by these sensors. Now, sometimes we will get an error. We have different air handlers. We have a TAM-7, a TAM-8, and a TAM-9 that have used these exclusively. There are some others. And the sensors in them are 10K sensors. 10K means that at 10,000 ohms, the temperature it's reading is approximately 77 degrees. Okay. It's between 75 and 77. So when you go to a 10K chart, you can read the temperatures of the coil. Now, the resistors that we use, or the thermistors that we use, are reverse acting. As the temperature drops down, the resistance gets higher. So if we were 10,000 ohms at 77 degrees, if, the, if it got down to 50 degrees, it would be up around 20,000 ohms. Or if it got up to 90 degrees, it'd be around 7,000 ohms. So in general, we're measuring the resistance of these sensors by the printed circuit board. And the printed circuit board is then telling us what the superheat is and then sending a signal to open or close the valve. Testing whether the valve is actually moving can be done a couple of ways. Most of the manufacturers give you some type of electronic expansion valve test as part of their electronics on the boards. For American Standard Train, we have an actual button on some boards and a set of pins on another board. The pins we touch close to the test pin and it will close the valve, or we touch open to the test pin and it will open the valve. These are three pins in a row, so we have a open, close, and a test pin. Put a jumper across it for a second, it will open and close the valve, and you can see the pressures change. That's on some of the units. Some of the other units have a button push to test. It will open it for 30 seconds and then close it for 30 seconds. Another way to do it is to take the actual head on top of the valve and rotate it. Now this can be cumbersome because the wires are attached. But if you're in the field and you don't have any real way of opening and closing the valve, you can manually open the valve by grabbing hold of the motor, turning it counterclockwise approximately 10 times. Counterclockwise opens the valve. So 10 revolutions counterclockwise, you'll have the valve wide open. If you then take the valve and rotate it approximately 10 turns clockwise, you will close the valve. Now they make a tool to do this. It's just a glorified magnet that you would rotate around the head of the valve to make it open and closed. You can find them online. Most people take an old electronic expansion valve motor, cut the wires off, and use the head of the motor for that. So the electronic expansion valve differs from the mechanical expansion valve in that it uses superheat measurements that are done with thermistors as opposed to just a suction line temperature on a mechanical valve.
The electronic expansion valves do have fault codes on most of the printed circuit boards. We will get a fault code that could give us whether we have high superheat, whether we have low superheat, whether the motor is open or the motor is shorted, or whether the gas sensor is out of range, or the saturated sensor is out of range. It's very difficult to troubleshoot these without a meter. You really need a good DC and AC voltmeter to do the testing of it. That's great. Thank you, Phil. And, and like you said, this is a pretty common application now, so this should help out a lot of folks. And if you have any questions, you can reach out to Phil or any of our other technical representatives. Call 978-657-4768. Or you can reach out to us online on social media. We have Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Or you can go to our podcast page to catch all of our Taurus Tech Talks. That's sgtaurus.com slash podcasts. Use the hashtag Taurus Tech Talk if you're going to reach out to us on social media. Or feel free to just reach out and let us know what you think of the podcast. We want to thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on Taurus Tech Talk.